my series dealing with common questions and controversies of Christianity. In today's podcast, I want to address a very important topic. That's marriage, divorce, and remarriage. As you know, divorce is pretty common today. In fact, about 40 to 50% of all marriages are going to end in divorce. And that sadly includes Christians. I believe the greatest contributing factor to this lack of biblical understanding is biblical teaching. Pastors really aren't preaching on the subject of marriage anymore. And so biblical understanding about our most sacred institution is really completely being ignored. Therefore, it's vital that we understand what the Bible says about it. So I want to help bring some clarity by answering five questions. Question number one, what is God's plan for marriage? Well, Genesis 2.24 and Matthew 19.5 tell us that marriage is a lifelong commitment that unites a husband and a wife in a permanent one flesh relationship. I want you to notice that I said that marriage is between a husband and a wife. It's not between two men or two women. God does not recognize same-sex union as a legitimate marriage. We call it that today, but that's not the way God sees it. All that changed in about 2015 when the courts decided to strike down all restrictions on same-sex marriage by giving it legal status. And that's been tragic because no matter how the government defines it, God only recognizes marriage between one man and one woman. So he created marriage to be the most basic and essential of all institutions. So the fact that we are denying that is really a serious problem. That's why God, in his word, he tells us that he hates divorce. And he gives us really three reasons why that's the case. First of all, divorce pictures the theological error. Ephesians 5, 22 and 23 tells us that marriage is designed by God to be a picture of Christ's love for his church. So divorce then destroys that picture. It denies how God loves us and how he promises to care for us with an everlasting and unconditional love. So divorce then completely ignores John 6, 39 through 40, which tells us that God promises that he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. He's never going to abandon the ones that he loves. And that, of course, is his church. God also hates to divorce because it always involves unfaithfulness to the covenant promise that both the husband and wife made before God. So God takes covenant promises seriously, and so he takes our marriage vows very seriously. We make those vows before him. Thirdly, divorce brings incalculable consequences, not only to the married partners, but also to their children. So much of the time, children of divorce struggle with feelings of guilt because they often blame themselves for their parents' split. I can't tell you how many times that I'm counseling adults and it so often goes back to their experience of seeing their parents arguing and then, of course, splitting and all the trauma that that creates. So if God hates divorce, then does he ever permit it? Well, the short answer is yes, he does. Even though divorce isn't his ideal plan, he does allow it under certain circumstances. Even though scripture permits it, it doesn't deal with it lightly. Listen to first. In in Matthew 19, verses 3 through 9, our Lord said this, Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it has not been this way. 
So God's original plan for marriage is to be a permanent covenant. The man is to leave his father and mother and, and to cling to his wife or cleave to his wife and become one flesh. According to Deuteronomy 24.1, the law of Moses did allow man to divorce his wife if he found something in her that was not favorable in his eyes. And that meant that divorce was allowed if the husband found some uncleanness in her. Well, what does that mean? What does some uncleanness mean? Well, we know from a few verses later in verse 4 that the primary purpose of that regulation was to prevent him from taking her back after she had married another man. God calls that an abomination before himself. Now, in such cases then, a public document known as a certificate of divorce was granted to the woman, and that permitted her then the right to remarry without civil or religious sanction. Just like today, there was a lot of confusion about the grounds of divorce in our Lord's day. Listen to Matthew nineteen three through 9. It says, Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Well, that tells us uh, that the Jews had this kind of flippant, indifferent attitude toward divorce. So as he often did then, the Lord answered them with another question. And so he asked them and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. <clears throat> In other words, God's intention for marriage was it was to be permanent. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? And he said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But again, from the beginning, it has not been this way. So even though divorce wasn't God's original design, it was permitted through Moses. And of course, that means it was permitted by God because the heart can grow so hard and so cold that there's no other recourse. And then he goes on to give an example where divorce is permitted. He says in verse 9, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The Lord's point here is that if a man divorces his wife and, and remarries for any other reason other than immorality, he commits the sin of adultery. Now, what does immorality mean? The Greek word is pornea, and it's where we get the word pornography. We think of it in a very specific way, but the word is very general, and it encompasses all sexual sin outside of a marriage between a woman and a man. It includes, of course, adultery, as we just mentioned. It also includes homosexuality or lesbianism, pedophilia, bestiality, incest, any kind of sex that would be outside of the marriage, marriage bed between a husband and a wife. So when one partner violates the marriage by sexual sin, the faithful partner then is, is placed in an extremely difficult situation. It really places them in a bondage that God doesn't expect them to maintain. Our Lord's response to their question was to show the gravity of pursuing a sinful, unbiblical divorce. What all this tells us then is that we should never take divorce lightly because God hates it. But in certain circumstances, after all efforts for reconciliation have been exhausted, 
then divorce may be permitted. So there are only two New Testament reasons for divorce. Sexual sin, as we just mentioned, and the other is desertion or abandonment. Scripture tells us that God allows divorce when one spouse refuses to stay and will no longer be willing to reconcile. According to 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 13, when one spouse files for divorce, especially for an unbeliever, it's best to let them go. Why is that? In order to preserve peace in the family. In this scenario, the divorce is often preferable uh, where circumstances are too extreme for the believing spouse. And I also believe this would include some sort of physical or uh, spiritual abuse or some sort of severe emotional abuse. So when an unbeliever desires to leave and refuses to reconcile, trying to keep him or her makes things worse and there's greater tension and conflict. This again places the innocent spouse in an impossible situation to fulfill any kind of marital or moral obligation. In such cases, then, the innocent party is no longer obligated to remain. They no longer have to stay married. So they may pursue divorce. And, of course, that would be without fearing the displeasure of God. Well, that brings us to our second question. What about remarrying? Can a believer remarry after divorce? Well, the short answer is yes, but under the right circumstances. Throughout Scripture, whenever legitimate divorce occurs, remarriage is assumed. Let me summarize it this way so that we can kind of get the gist of it. Remarriage is permitted for the innocent partner only when the divorce is on biblical grounds. And because they're innocent then, they're permitted to remarry. Consider Matthew 19.9 again. And I say to you that whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. So if we read this carefully, we see that divorce includes remarriage as part of the exception clause. The implication then is twofold. First of all, we learn that the faithful spouse who divorces the other um, do not cons- do not commit sexual Im- infidelity uh, and has grounds to do so. And so they are free to remarry. So God shows favor on the innocent party. Secondly, if the unfaithful spouse remarries, They not only sin against God, but they commit another act of adultery against their original spouse when they remarry. So because of their guilt, then, the one who cheated is held responsible and is not allowed to remarry. So, again, let me summarize. In legitimate divorce, the innocent party is allowed to remarry so that they can go on with their life. That's not true with the guilty guilty spouse. They are, they are uh, allowed to remarry because of their guilt. They're not allowed to remarry, sorry, according to their guilt, um, because they have committed sexual immorality or they have abandoned their spouse. Question number three, <clears throat> does the guilty party have any other option? Yes, they do. Forgiveness is always available. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This would include seeking forgiveness of their original spouse. And if their ex-spouse has not remarried, then restitution if possible. So let me summarize again. 
there are only two biblically sanctioned reasons that God grants divorce, sexual infidelity or abandonment. And in those cases, the innocent party is free to remarry, but the guilty party is not. Now let's consider one more scenario. Question number four. What about those who are considering marriage to a divorcee? Basically, the same rule rules apply. According to Mark 10, 12, if his or her divorce wasn't on biblical grounds, the person who marries them is considered by God to be an adulterer. The reason is that God holds them accountable unless they seek forgiveness or be reconciled. I want to answer one last question. What about those who were divorced before they were saved? Well, there's nothing in Scripture about coming to Christ that demands a particular social or marital status. No matter what condition we are in, when we come to Christ, God will forgive and accept them upon repentance and faith. Every single sin is forgiven and cast into the sea. Well, that concludes this podcast. I hope it's been helpful. Uh, my next podcast, I'm going to be covering the topic of eternal security. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, may you learn Christ, love Christ, and live for the glory, glory of Christ. Thank you. Thank you.